award-winning motion picture producer, Samuel L. Bronkowitz. I have spent a lifetime in the motion picture industry. Now, after 50 years in Hollywood, I have finally produced what I feel is the finest motion picture ever made. I have called it the Kentucky Fried Movie. Ooh, he sounds so serious. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode eight of Schlocker Not, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all kinds of crazy films and in the process decide if they are schlock or not. You know what I'd really like people to do, Steve? What's that, buddy? I want them to go to iTunes and rate us. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. You, you want to take us from page like 174 up to page 171 on the Moving iTunes directory? On up, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Also, I want people to follow us on Twitter if they can. We're at at the schlock or not and also send us their thoughts and feedbacks and they can do that at schlock or not at gmail.com and we have email today too oh we do cool yep discuss that later I, I suppose yes sir well today we are doing 1977's the kentucky fried movie directed by john landis uh it was streaming for me on hulu you said you had some issues with that um starring bill bixby or as everybody knows him as hulk banner yep yep george oh i'm sorry you're right Bruce Banner. George Dave, Lazenby. Maybe David Banner, depending on when you watched it. Right. Do you know George Lazenby? I know the name. 007. Oh, is that him? Mm-hmm. He was it, one of the it, offshoots of 007s, right? Right, right. One of the lesser known. Well, some people probably adore him, but I'm not a 007 fan, so I don't know that. Uh, Donald Sutherland. Yep. Did you recognize him in the movie? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. You want to play us in? I uh, sure will. Here we go. John Landis's groundbreaking comedy features a lewd, loosely connected collection of skits that spoof black exploitation of films, news shows, porno movies, TV commercials, kung fu flicks, and more. Excellent work, Jeffrey. Thanks, Jeff. That was awesome. Good job. So, this episode was brought to you by Master Clon's Clip-On Hand Accessories. Nice. Any accessory for any situation, it's kind of like a Swiss Army knife, but for your hand and Chinese. Well, buckle up, buddy. You ready for mine? Go. This episode brought to you by Acme Interchangeable Hands. Good for business. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. wait. I, uh, let me start it over. I'm Ac- so sorry. <laughs> no, I, no go. I left. Acme Interchangeable Hands. Good for business or pleasure. I'm still trying to not laugh to ruin your thing. Dude, out of that entire movie, that's what we both came up with. A little weird. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we should do later, right? Was it Ghostbusters? Where was it where they were drawing the symbols and like the other person on the other side of the room would try and guess the symbols? Yeah. That I was drawing? Some that was, sort of yeah. like ESP test or something? It was it. Yeah, it was in like when you first meet Peter Venkman and it's got, they got a bunch of college kids and he's giving the hot chick like the right answers. Even though she was totally getting them wrong. Right? Yeah, and, and shocking, shocking the door. Shocking the <laughs> yeah. But we should do that later. Like I'm just going to over Skype. We'll do it over Skype so it'll be totally scientific. I'll draw a symbol, and you tell me what I drew. Okay. Okay? I'm in. I'm in. All right. Well, you want to know some fun stuff about John Landis's The Kentucky Fried Movie? I sure do. Um, some of the throwaway titles were Free Popcorn and Clothes for Remodeling. I read that, and I think they scrapped that based on they were scared of putting it on movie theater signs because people would think there was free popcorn or, or it was right. closed for remodeling right right you know what i'm gonna say that both of those titles may possibly be better than the kentucky fried movie yeah i'm okay with it plus it it plays into the whole joke of including the audience in the joke right like by putting that on the movie theater sign right yeah. and then cool. puts the uh puts the movie theater in a really bad place 
Yeah, that was, and they, there was a lot of digs to like the Motion Picture Association in the movie. So that would have, I think both of those would have matched right in with the movie. Well, the uh, the, the thing about this movie was, um, I remember having seen it as a, as a kid, right? And uh, the more I thought about it after having seen a lot of the Zucker Brothers movies with Jim Abrams and stuff, I always thought like, you know, maybe that's where the Zucker Brothers got their idea for the airplane movies and the, for the police squad. And then, of course, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, well, it is a Zucker Brothers movie yeah, right. with Jim Abrams, right? And it actually helped uh, John Landis uh, land the gig to direct Animal House. Yeah, I read that too. I, I kind of went through Landis's work. I forgot how much stuff he did that, that I remember from as being a child, you know? Dude, he is a really huge uh, uh, fan of the genre, obviously. He's obviously uh, putting out fan service films. Uh, Twilight Zone. I mean, he meshed horror and comedy perfectly together in American Werewolf in London. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. And obviously, John Landis and this movie has been a um, a huge um, uh, influence on us as well because uh, the poster for this movie says Schlock, another Landis film. And like I said, it's obviously an inspiration, that word in yeah. particular. Yeah, and I, I caught a lot of snippets of greatness there was definitely highs and lows which we'll get into when we talk about the the movie but there was parts in there where i could see that you could watch that after the fact and they could really build airplane based on the highs of this movie like they took what worked they got rid of what didn't and they, they made a much better movie out of airplane going forward you know okay and let me tell you jokes per minute for the zucker Jeez, Brothers movies dude. i mean my god i think i could watch that three times back to back and i would see stuff i didn't re- even realize was in it the first three times i watched it two times i watched it the wordplay, dude. Fast and Furious, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully we'll get into some of that. Yep. Um, also, this movie was a huge inspiration to Uwe Boll. Yeah, I saw that, too, in the notes. Uh, for the German ride movie. Yep. <laughs> I don't think it works that way, but okay. Um, so anyway, you want to get into it, or what do you want to do? Uh, let's, let me see if I had anything. Yeah, uh, just a quick note to you. I did watch this movie twice. I watched it once for the clips. I watched it again with my wife because I had this little feeling that Lynn would enjoy it. I just you know what? There's something about this one. I know she doesn't like most of the stuff, but she did. She enjoyed it, and I liked it better the second viewing because I had somebody to laugh with. And I think I can't promise this on every movie going forward, but I'm going to try to watch all our movies twice from now on. I'm going to watch it one for work and one for pleasure and see if I get a different take on it. Okay. And with somebody or just, you know, like you did to this one? I'd prefer with somebody just to to have – it's always better, man, to have somebody to bounce it off of or hear somebody else's laughter or what they thought was funny. Uh, I've done – I've done that before. I like Raw Force. I watched twice. I've watched a couple of these twice now. Uh, Night of the Demons. I watched twice. Even if it was by myself, I still catch other things. And when I'm not digging for clips the whole time, it's fun. It's fun to just watch, just to relax. And I don't know that's, if I should watch that's pleasure be first tough for you because that particular aspect of the job is you're trying to find the clips that are going to make it interesting conversation wise. What do you think? Is going to engage both of us so we can um, throw it out there for the viewers and the fan, you know, the uh, the listeners or whatnot. And uh, so it's got to be tough. So I, I would say that's probably a good idea. Yeah. I noticed with the clips on this one, you're going to know, I got a pretty decent amount of clips on this one, but this was a movie where I would take a clip because it was funny. And then I'd go to edit or play the clip or run it into the recorder. And it wasn't funny. It, there's a lot of visual aspect. And if you, oh, yeah. if you don't have the visual, when I played the audio, it was just flat. So I bet there's going to be parts in here where you thought I capped it. And I might've even capped it. And then going back in, I said, eh, no, when you're, if you're not watching the movie, this is, this is just, you know. Right. And people have to realize too, that this is the first time we're doing a comedy. So uh, we talked about this. We obviously don't want to just say that one joke where he said this was hilarious. And then we laugh about it again. That's going to be the difficult part for me because, you know, 
you watch comedies and you want to talk about those moments. You want to um, use the the um, the t- the terms that they used in the movies. You want to use those uh, great lines on your friends, but we don't want to do that because it just doesn't seem like it'd be very interesting. Right, and it got me thinking. Remember we played that Eddie Murphy clip from Delirious on the last show about the haunted house? Right. He has, I think it's in Delirious as well. I should have gone in and grabbed it. He has another segment in Delirious where he talks about just that, where guys go to work the day after they see a show and, <laughs> and jack his jokes up, right? And and that's the same type of thing we're avoiding. And I was, this was a tough one for me. I, I said the same thing, like, man, how are we going to do a comedy without just regurgitating something that was definitely not going to be funny when we say it with out of context with no video behind it? But uh, I, I still think we got it, man. I think we could do it. And just like everything else uh, we've done on the show, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, you don't want it to be spoiled, go ahead and go watch it now or just turn this off and never listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go ahead and get into it. The intro to this movie it gives quite a warning about your popcorn being pissed in, right? Well, I got a clip before that. I got the credit song. Okay, go. Did you, did you catch the mess up in the credit song? No. I capped it. I caught it. No. All right, here we go. seen the karaoke it's not a foxtrot or a polka it has a little bit of blue rhythm a blue rhythm the songs it has a meter it has a meter that is tricky a bit of wiki Did you hear it wiki. yeah i wonder if that was on purpose or gotta be dude it matches perfect with the rest of the movie like she just kind of fades off and the piano's playing by itself like the drummer just stops completely like the song's over is that what you were talking about? No, she has a little hitch in there where she starts it and then she started it off cue. Hold on, I'm going to hit you just that part. Let me get to okay. just that part. It has a meter that's tricky. You see that? She starts over again like, what? She starts, she came in a little a little um, early on it and just redid it. And I'm sure that was meant to be there. And that set the tone for the movie for me. I was like, wait a minute. All right, that's that was funny. So I just grabbed Plus, I like the song. I think the song is kind of fun and it, it gets you in a mood for like something wacky. Just and how do you make a theme song for a movie about so many different things? You can't have Western music, can't have horror music, can't have suspenseful music, can't have you know. Yep. It's just kind of a broad song. It's a skit show. The skit show, right, right? For a skit show, and, and like I said at the beginning, when it talks about the popcorn being pissed in, uh, I, I don't think the joke really holds up or whatever. Uh, but I think it's cool because it's totally absurd. It kind of lets you know what you're going to be in for. You know, you're part of the target too. Right, and you're I did not safe as well. They're I did get the popcorn. Do you want me to get that one for you too? I did pull the popcorn thing. Go ahead. So really what happens is that song plays, that credit song, and then directly, as soon as those credits end, you get this. The popcorn you're eating has been pissed in. Film at 11. (laughs) So that's, I think that really sets a tone. I think the editing's good there where they play a song that's a little wacky and jovial and and there's mess ups in it and then they run you right into something that may possibly offensive at the time or they let you know right off the bat, here's what you're getting. Well, and, and I really think, too, that this movie could not be made today. Oh, it's no. It's very confrontational. No. Um, no. It's not PC at all. It makes fun of literally everybody and everything. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Nothing yeah. is sacred. Yeah. It's uh, in some parts even hard to watch, and I'm sure we'll get to some of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, so so the beginning after the popcorn skit, it goes right into a commercial, which who does that, right? I right. mean, normally wouldn't you go into like a feature or something like that. It goes right into a commercial uh, for an oil company. And again, everybody's everybody's a target here. Um, they're learning of new ways to collect oil. And some of that being through uh, teens' faces, sucking it straight out of teenagers' right. faces. Um, 
Italian Americans combs, which yep. I was like, wow. Yep. And carry out foods. So yeah. we've gone straight into uh, juvenile humor, right? Because at the end, he's talking about uh, collecting natural gas from, from the bathrooms at a chili dog stand. Oh, yeah. The fart joke's just right in the beginning. Oh, dude. Yeah. And you know what's great is you know the Zucker brothers are smart, man. You see what they do with their wordplay, how intelligent they are, how everything, no matter what genre they're spoofing, is done meticulously. It's almost like they're the weird Al Yankovic of, of, of yeah. visual media. You know what I'm saying? Great way I mean, to put they it. do it seamlessly. Great way to put um, it, yeah. But they go right into the fart jokes, dude. And I'm telling you, they're not afraid to get get juvenile and dirty. You know what no, I mean? No, there's highs and lows throughout the whole movie. They have some really smart, smart comedy that, and I've captured a few of it that just made me laugh. I mean, really, really made me laugh. And then there were some that I just could barely watch. So they're they're really all over the place with this one. Hey, did, before you move on, did you notice when they have the suction cups on the teens' faces and they're sucking the oil out of their faces? Did you see the sign behind the teens? No. It said Burbank. I just <laughs> <laughs> oh, if those kids were from the karate club. Any reference to Burbank, it was funny. I went earlier today, I was going to pick up an Xbox at Best Buy, and they didn't have any there. And uh, I had the kid, uh, uh, he's actually a friend, he looked it up for me to see if there was any close, and he said, no, the nearest one's in Burbank. I was like, dude, what? I mean, Burbank, dude. So yeah, that's a throwback to Raw Force, Burbank Karate Club. <laughs> we're gonna, it's going to, the seven degrees of separation from Raw Force, right? Or Burbank Karate Club. Yeah, or Burbank. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> So uh, it goes from the commercial with the potty humor, which, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, like, now that I know this is a Zucker Brothers movie, it's kind of on a higher pedestal for me. You know what I'm saying? It's right. on a higher level. Um, so I'm thinking, like, normally um, their wordplay is razor sharp, but they're going straight for the potty jokes. I'm cool with that, man. Let's just, let's just go with this. I, I haven't seen this movie in probably 20 years, so let's just see what happens. Yep. Right? Same thing with <laughs> and me. It goes to a morning news segment. When's the last time you've watched morning news? Jeez, man, 15 years more plus, maybe. I remember, you know, growing up, my parents watched it religiously. I haven't watched it forever. Um, I know sometimes the, the significant other will watch it, and it, it normally has nothing to do with news. It's just like what Kim Kardashian's eating for breakfast or, you know, what Kanye West, you know, wants um, on his tombstone. Whatever. It's just all like uh, self-serving celebrity news, right? You tell me. But, I haven't seen it forever. Yeah, I mean, that's when I see it, that's what I see. Um, but this was like, they were actually, they had people on on on, um, on site, like uh, Ron Butler, to do a story about smoke detectors, right? Right. And I love it when they never know that they're, they're live. They have no idea they're live. So they're shooting to Ron for this story, and he literally, you know, he's looking around. They go back to the people in the studio. Then they go back to Ron, and he's picking his nose, which has to be terrifying for anybody who has no idea, right, that this is going to hundreds, maybe thousands of homes across the city. I, I, I thought the same thing, and I even brought up to Lynn when we watched it. So this is way pre-YouTube and news blooper reels, which are you know all <laughs> over the place now. Is this Would this be like the first time ever that they were someone was spoofing news bloopers? Like, was there anything before this that ever showed news bloopers? Not that I could... I could ever imagine. Not that I've seen. And this was made in, what, 77, I said? Yeah, 77. Yeah. So, so how far before time its time are they, where they were actually picking out something that could happen, but most people hadn't even seen before, bringing those new news blooper reel up? That's, <laughs> right. I, mean, that, I, I mean, I'm sure they didn't know how, where it was going to be today, where you can pull up 20 minutes of news bloopers at you any time you want. You can see ranting and raving. You see them cursing. You can see them getting right. hit by cars. You can see them 
any type of bad situation a newscaster could could get in, you can watch it now. Right, but pre-77, I would guess that this might have been the first time anyone even thought that there was bloopers or that someone would show the bloopers, you know? Right, they they staged a fake blooper, and it yeah. was hilarious. And it yeah. kind of shows uh, how our tastes have grown to be more like the Zucker Brothers over the years, probably. That's the kind of humor I like. I mean, I love watching that stuff. I do, too. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think they were way, way ahead of their time on even figuring out news bloopers would be funny. I think they were just—I'm sure that's just a shot in the dark, but they hit. That was a good one. Right, yeah. And then you go into—they uh, cut from that because, obviously, Ron can't get it together. So they go to a— Count pointer count, point uh, counterpoint. It's, no, it's count pointer count. Oh, was it? So they reversed it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so they reversed it. But you had you know some stuffy Republican, and and uh, I don't even know what he's talking about. He's just going off, and and the liberal side of it tells him to basically shove it up his ass. Yeah, I did take that because it was so. I didn't see it coming in the clip because the one. <laughs> yeah, like, this is going to be like a stuffy debate between you know two. Uh, political white people and then it just goes straight to name calling and shit so right and i have that so the guy makes a pretty uh he, he, an impassioned speech about politics but it's very clean and then they cut to the chick who's the the counterpoint i suppose and here's what she has to say pointer count pointer count here's what she has to say <laughs> why john you old stick in the mud i've been listening to that horse shit of yours for months and you can take that crap and blow it out your ass pretty good yeah. So, and then, of course, it goes right back to Ron picking his underwear. Right. So I'm telling you, dude, there, there is no time to catch your, your breath with jokes. You're just you, – of course, now, if you're a juvenile idiot like I am, you're loving it. And if you take your comedy a little bit more British, maybe serious, <laughs> you're hating this right now. It was fast, man. They were just hitting you left and right, uh, one, two, one, two. And I, I would guess that that part there was something, that, again, that you wouldn't have seen on TV in 77, but something that you kind of wanted to see, right? When you get people that are arguing, uh, debating an issue, at some point you got to feel like that guy should just tell the other one to just shut the hell up. And that's what they gave you, right? What you, what you probably wanted to see looking at a debate. Right, right. And then you go to the astrology report. Now, I don't know if you caught this, but this made me laugh so hard. Um, they, they, Shot you to the astrology report, and he said, not at all accurate, and it's just for people who can't accept responsibility for their own lives. Yes, that was great. <laughs> and I've always thought that, like, who, who buys that stuff? Um, and this is the one thing that as soon as it happened on the screen, I remembered it distinctly, and I've said it a million times. I've quoted this particular line, and I had no idea where it came from. And it was the part where she said, and if you're a Gemini like me, expect the unexpected, and the arrow actually hits her. Yeah. I've done that a million times and forgotten where I got that from. I always say, and if you're a Gemini like me, expect the unexpected. And then I actually do the arrow motion. And, of course, I'm doing it alone uh, in my basement by myself <laughs> without you know anybody around. But uh, I never knew where I would gotten that from. And as soon as I saw that, it was like instant comfort food. Okay, so are you really a Gemini? Does that pertain to you? No, not at okay, all. Okay, so it's strictly the line. Here's what I got out of that scene. I think they really shot an arrow at that chick. I've often wondered... That is that is one special effect that has always uh, amazed me because I don't know how they do it. Like the arrows in the Revenant were probably um, CGI, I would assume, but that looked real. Yeah, that I, absolutely looked real. I went about two or three times because you know I was watching it for the clips on the computer. I can really rewind it and slow it and everything. And I did two or three times to see if it was like you know the backwards recording where it was stuck and they pull it out, or if it was like a cut scene where it's all of a sudden it's in there and the sound effect kind of makes you think it flew in there. And I think I'm pretty sure that even if you look under her shirt, you can see that there's 
there's something under her shirt, like a block or a, a padding, and I'm pretty sure that they really shot an arrow into it. I could I be wrong, to, but I, I'm pretty I sure. I would have to say that, that that is not the case. Um, if anything, it was on a string, like a tight, a, attached to a taut string and pulled into her body. But it wouldn't it. be shot. They wouldn't have like an, a marksman in there. I don't know anybody would take that shot. I scrutinized it, dude. I can't, I'm telling you, I can't tell. <laughs> it's good to their. It's to their um, plus that I can't tell though, right? S- some just throwaway special effect that just has us talking about it thirty something years later, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, just some I can, throwaway. Complete we can throwaway. pick apart special effects on today's movies that aren't that good, you know, easily. Right. Yeah. All day. Yep. Well, then they cut from that to a live animal segment, which. I mean, I've seen these go wrong on YouTube. Yep. And you know when they bring out the Aussie gerbil, which is an enormous bear, but they call it the Aussie gerbil. <laughs> it's not going to – it wasn't a bear. I'm sorry. It was a gorilla. The Aussie gerbil was a gorilla. And fun fact, do you know who was in that gorilla outfit? No. Who? That was Rick Baker. Who's that? Rick Baker did the special effect. He's a special effects god. He did the special effects for uh, American Werewolf in London. Oh. Just about anything worth a shit that's ever been done, he's done it. But that was his his suit, his gorilla suit, and it was his prototype for a King Kong movie. Okay, so when that part hit, my wife said, that is one of the best-looking fake gorillas I've ever seen in my life, including up till now. You know, like, CGI, yeah. I don't, I'm not a big CGI, I think neither of us are CGI guys. But that suit for 77, that was a legitimately cool monkey suit. That's Rick Baker for you, yeah. for you man. I mean, he's awesome. amazing. Awesome. And did you notice the chick before she gets to the, they talked to about the monkey, she just totally chucks the gerbil over her shoulder. Was that, was, now wait a second, I have that in my notes. So they had an Aussie gerbil and the gorilla there. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. maybe that's where I got it wrong. Yeah. They I had, thought that was part of the funny of it. But they so start they with a little, Aussie gerbil. yeah, they start with a little teeny gerbil that it's in the palm of her hand and then the guy's checking it out. And it's cool. Cause, and I kind of remember that from like the, if, if you're old enough, the on Carson or, you know, they'd always have an animal segment. It would pee on his desk or it was always some, some wacky stuff wrap, going on. Wrap, right? you know, the snake would wrap around his neck yes, or whatever. Right. Right. That was part of the, the fun. And, uh, she's talking about this little gerbil and the dude's totally into it. And she's like, and we got a, another animal backstage. And then if you look and it's kind of, it's, it's a little, I wouldn't say a throwaway joke, but it's not front and center on screen. She just chucks the gerbil over her shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> which that was pretty cool. See, dude. I'm going to have to watch it again. I didn't even realize Yeah, that, that was a pretty cool part. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. And then of course the gorilla just attacks everybody. Yeah. Um, and what's nice is that keeps going throughout a, a little bit more of the movie, right? right? They'll break away and they'll be doing something completely different. And the gorilla comes busting through the set. And that got a little long for me. I thought that that was a little reused, but Lynn loved it. She laughed every time the gorilla came out. So, you know, <laughs> some people, I'm sure, you know, that was for them. For me, I thought that they were playing. I loved the damn, like, again, man, that monkey suit. I prefer that monkey suit to most of what I'm seeing today. That was awesome. Like what you see in, like, the uh, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes or whatever? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm even talking about practical monkey suits today. Yeah, erase CGI completely. I don't know that I've seen a practical monkey suit look that good. It was awesome. I loved it. Dude, did a great job. Plus, you got to imagine... The suit can only be so good. He has to actually act like a monkey on there too. Right, and he did. He killed it. Even the mannerisms were cool. Like I liked. I mean, the joke was kind of. I guess the joke there was that they couldn't get him to mate, and they're kind of talking bad. Like, well, maybe he's impotent, or maybe the chicks don't like him, and he's getting kind of irate. Right, that's what sets him off. (laughs) Uh, But the mannerisms were on point. They were. They were right there. So good for him. He's a master, man. Good for him. He's an absolute master. Uh, So finally, Ron Butler gets his say. He finally realizes he gets his say, and then he reveals that he's what. He's a Gemini. Yep. So he gets popped. So he gets <laughs> <course> an arrow. <laughs> he dies. So and, and that's another joke they carry out throughout even different skits, right? Through the different sketches. They still oh, yeah, yeah, they, if you're a Gemini, you're getting popped. Right. And then, you know, 
uh, no matter where you're at in the movie, you can always wrap it back around to a previous joke. Right. It can come back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it cuts back to the set. The girl is completely destroying everything. This one, uh, then it, of course, they had to, uh, because of the station emergency, they had to go out for a commercial break. I didn't really like this one too much, the car alarm skit. No, I, I didn't really even get it. It's just the zipper thing, right? Like, yeah, just to throw away. So, yeah, I didn't um, get it. But then, Razor Sharp to a, I don't, was this supposed to be a spoof of a porno or just like a Skinamax type uh, Porky's teenage movie or what? I mean, it was pretty, pretty it, X-rated. It definitely was. And I think in the beginning, they have something like back from her... They, they say something about the actress, like, fresh off her role as blank, which I took to be a porno. So I think that this might have been, yeah, like, a exactly. They're trying to, like, a new... They had a lot of references to, like, Deep Throat and the Green Door and stuff in there. So that must have been real popular at this time or something that, yeah. that was hot in the news. Well, even the name of... I mean, first off, uh, thank you, Samuel L. Bronkowitz. Right. Because <laughs> uh, you brought us some some rare gems here. Uh, but the name of the movie they were... they were uh, the, the trailer was for was Catholic High School Girls in Trouble, which... It's hilarious just to even say that. I mean, I have the trailer. <laughs> okay. Not the whole thing, right? I mean, it could be kind of long, right? 22 seconds of trailer. Okay, not too bad. Okay. More offensive than Mandingo. More shocking than Behind the Green Door. More erotic than Deep Throat. You will cream in your jeans when you see. Catholic high school girls in trouble. And during that, they had like a really offensive, like a, a girl dressed up like a 11 year old girl with like a big black dude in bed. Uh, oh, yeah. Lots of nudity. Like they really went for uh, shock factor during that trailer. You, you always think, like, right? Like um, people used to be so prim and proper back, you know, when we were children. And you hear like shit like this where he's talking about you'll really cream your jeans. I mean, yeah. That's 30-something years ago, man. They were still talking like that. They were still watching porno. I mean, so it's not like things have gotten any more deviant, I don't think. No, and I think some of that stuff goes in waves where uh, at one point during the late 70s, even early 80s, uh, rape scenes were like in every movie and like violent rape scenes. And now that doesn't fly right now. I mean, if you're listening to this in 2016, you don't see that in a ton of movies. Uh, But back then, that wasn't, I mean, Deep Impact or the Clint Eastwood movies, all the big mainstream movies uh, had just some brutal Shark, it's Sharky's Machine. Yeah. Does that one have the bad one? There's a couple <clears> that have really bad ones, but uh, so I guess it. Th- Anything that, star, starring Charles Bronson? Charles Bronson's gonna have something. But yeah, Death exactly. Witch. Death yeah. Witch. You know, why do I keep saying it like it's a sandwich? Death Witch. Oh, I took it as like a uh, <laughs> Death Witch. I took it as like the witch from Demon, <laughs> Demon <laughs> no, Night Tonight of the Demons. I'm trying to say Death Wish for God's sakes, and it's going out like a. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the yeah, one that, thing you didn't play from that entire trailer. You know, they're being silly. There's, you know, copious amounts of boobs flopping around everywhere. People having sex. (laughs) The funniest thing of the whole thing was show me your nuts. Okay, so I did take that recording. And it is not going to be funny. It is totally not funny, so I scrapped it. It it was dumb when I played it. But, yeah, when she tells the guy, and she says it's central, right? It's like a dude, like a straight porn guy with, like, the cool mustache and feathered back hair. And she's like, show me your nuts. And, uh, and he just starts making silly faces. Yeah. So it's the difference between your, like Y-O-U-R, and show me your Y-O-U apostrophe R-E-U-R. <laughs> right, right. It, it was a cool little joke, and even Lynn thought that one was funny. Because right away when all the uh, nakedness on screen, she's giving me that look of, mm, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> she almost like she's my mom, like, cover your eyes. You shouldn't be looking at that. But uh, even that made her laugh. She liked it. Right. 
Now you notice too, though, that there was something else in this trailer that would never ever fly. First off, it, the brutality. There was a pie to a butt, <laughs> right? Flat butt, the, by the do way. Do you remember Flatable when they butt. talked about savages? Yes, yes. And they that, cut to like the dude, um, that was super racist, man. I'm telling you. They cut to basically like a National Ge- Geographic uh, stock footage of some tribal. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's <laughs> that would not fly anymore. You and know, you know what? They probably they, the Zucker brothers probably wouldn't be included anymore either. Or it would have been cut. Maybe they put it in and they couldn't play it, or who knows what. Right. And, you know that type of. Deal. I don't know. Does that show that maybe we're just too sensitive? I mean, I don't oh, know. Absolutely, dude. Look around. Everybody's worried about everything. It sucks. People are looking for a reason to be offended, right? Yeah, because there's social media, and you have a soapbox that you can stand on and try to get all your friends rah 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 behind you. Where before it would just be you talking to your buddy on the couch, and you'd be like, "Oh, dude, shut up. Who cares?" About I didn't that? like that part. You know. Yeah. Okay, we'll just watch the rest of it. Okay, right. and then ten minutes after the movie's over, you've forgotten about it and you've moved on with your life. Yep. You didn't have to post it on Facebook and, you know, along with pictures of the food you ate for lunch or whatever. <laughs> right, in your shoes you and know? all the other crap. So this was the first part. Now, I've seen this movie too, but when I was way young and I didn't remember anything about it other than a few snippets. And this is the first time that I remembered. It was when the shower scene, when he's uh, grabbing the girl's uh, breasticles and it's making like a... <laughs> Rubber balloon sound. Dude, I, I took that sound. I had to take that sound. It was great. And I'm keeping this for later, dude. <laughs> Hold So, so you know, you watch that movie as a kid, and the first pair of boobs you probably ever touched, you were like, "Wait a second. Yeah, it doesn't sound what? like. Wait, I'm, what? It doesn't sound like my dad getting off the pool raft. I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> so, like people with two balloons rubbing them together on your hair or something, right? It, it, again, when that happens, Lynn automatically looks at me to see if I'm looking at the TV or to see my expression, <laughs> no, right? Yeah. Right. And of course, I'm looking, but you know, she's giving me that like. How is he looking like? You know, that type of deal. And she couldn't even hold it in, dude. When when those sounds are popping out, she was like, <laughs> why would it sound like that? Like, that's the joke. That's the funny part. <laughs> and there, the, the other scene that I really, it was, it, it's in the same scene. It's in the same shower scene. But he's he's got her pretty much smashed against the glass shower door naked. And that, I remember that. I mean, I, I don't know how old I was when I saw this. Way too young to be watching it, for sure. I mean, pre-teen, maybe. And, uh. That I remember, that shower scene was like, okay, yeah, th- this is where I remember this from a kid for sure. Yeah, because when you see that, you're like, oh, hey. Right. It was probably one of those out. things when my dad was watching. Maybe, it, I don't even know if it was HBO back then, but it was probably one of those things he was watching. My mom wasn't home and kind of was like, hey, turn your head. You know, that type of deal where he doesn't really care. <laughs> Just like, hey, don't look at the screen <laughs> right, right don't now. Don't look at that and you're looking through your fingers. Peeking. Right, right. You pretend like you turn, but he's looking at it, so he ain't even looking at you. I think it was he's one of those He just wanted deals. to get over to the next segment so he can just move on with his life. Right, right. Because yeah. I remember a couple times where we'd watch a movie that definitely my mom wouldn't want us to, or even like Benny Hill. My dad used to let me watch Benny Hill with him all the time. I didn't even get the jokes back then, but uh, when my mom was home, that was a no-fly, you know. Yeah, you were just two guys guying it up. Yeah, yeah. It was when cool mom push. comes around, it's time to be a real parent and, you know, dad it up a little bit and be responsible. Right. She'd, she'd jump <laughs> up and try to change the channel real quick. Whoa, or what's happening yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good stuff. That That's where I really had a, had a flashback. of like, okay, I remember this movie now. Well, do you remember, um, so the feel around scene, right? Everybody, so just so everybody knows, the guy's buying a movie ticket. He goes into the movie theater. Everybody's warning him, like, incessantly. This movie's shown in feel around. Are you sure you want to do this? Right. So basically throughout the whole movie, um, everything that happens on screen, like if uh, somebody's perfume smells good, they spray it in his face. Right. Um, if he gets burnt by a cigarette, the the, the what, did, what would they call that guy? What would you call that guy? Usher? <clears throat> the usher, right. I guess, yeah. 
would burn him with a cigarette. Anyway, you know, you watch it as a kid and you're just thinking, or even now, if you're not really thinking about it too much, um, it's just a silly little skit. But I thought it was maybe their, um, their message to uh, movie theaters about their cash grabs, man. Maybe. Like yeah. 3D, IMAX, D-Box, Smell-O-Vision. Right, the yeah. Tingler. The motion. I mean, they're always trying to figure out, like, what's next? Do we have, What do we have to do in a movie to get people in the seat? Right. we got to basically cool. put them in the theater and smack them around and, and shit. So. so one more thing that they might have been way ahead of their time on uh, in this movie, just thinking of forward of what movie theaters would do to try to get you in there. Huh? Yeah. And it was, any, a pretty, it was a pretty good sketch. It was a pretty good sketch. It wasn't, it wasn't their best one of the show, but it was funny. Uh, my wife laughed. It pretty much goes through ups and downs in the movie where at some point he's he's happy, at some point he's got a knife to his throat, right? He's getting the full right. emotion. And it was okay. I thought that was an okay sketch. I thought they had to, to, you know, for the short amount of time they had to put it in there, they actually threw a lot of stuff into that little scene. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, like I said, who knows? Maybe there was, there was a, um, a message here. Also, talking about the other stuff with the, the balloon boobs. Yeah. So... Does that kind of show like the people that the Zucker brothers hire? They're really good at comedy too, because you know that was some Foley guy. It's not the Zucker brothers sitting in the in the sound booth, is it? Or they have that much control over this movie that they're in on everything, like all the gags in the credits, all the gags sound wise, all the gags um, digital, you know, everything. Everything. That's that's a team effort, right? But I bet, everybody, is I bet in they're on, on that. I bet that they that. Uh, I, they might not have made the balloon sounds themselves, but I bet you that that's a, a, a joke that they specifically wrote into there, I bet. You think so? Like I the think Foley so. guy knew at this scene, I've got to do balloon sounds. No, I think they probably told him, hey, get a squeaky. We need some squeaks. We're going to make it a squeaky boobs. Like, I, I, that's my <laughs> guess. And did you catch at the end of that movie theater segment too, there was like another deep throat reference. Like they had brought up, like like Detroit, right? They keep slamming Detroit. There must be something at the time with Detroit. But oh, the, dude. the deep Any throat references were uh, more than one. So I'm get, I got to look up the year that was made up. But that must have been real big back then, like something to... You know, like there's a, a ton of 300 references, like this is Sparta references now. I right. wonder if Deep Throat back then was something that was just referenced all over the place. Probably because it was like maybe one of the first really popular pornos. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You're you know, like that. a household name porno. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. But yeah, they did threw it in there more than once in more than one sketch. Right. Well, I, I will say that after the feel around sketch, the Nitec, is that what it was? Night Night X. That was the worst one there was. I didn't like it. I didn't like I his, even, his pink satin jammies sucked. That was the first thing I saw. Dude, who wears <laughs> that? Not funny at all. Yeah, it was weak. But I think they really came alive with the uh, high adventure boom mic gag. Uh, that was Lynn's absolute favorite of the show. I asked her, what was your favorite <laughs> sketch of the show? It wasn't my favorite, but it was definitely up there. And uh, oh. yeah, she loved it. She said that was the funniest thing. She was laughing uncontrollably during that part when it was slamming into his <laughs> nose and stuff. She loved it. Even today, if I'm watching a serious movie, like I think Aaron pointed out to us, he, he saw a boom shot microwave massacre, right? Yep. Uh, that, sh- that stuff just makes me laugh. Even uh, Black Dynamite, they had a scene where the boom mic comes oh, yeah. really far down in there. But this takes that premise that I guess they're such movie aficionados. They had seen it and, and realized it was a thing before it was even a thing. And they just took it to the, the whole, a whole other level. Yeah, it was slamming into people. It was lighting their cigarettes. It was in the drinking their water. The boom mic had a mind of its own. It was it was a pretty funny sketch. Uh, when it was, was pinballing between their two heads, right? Oh, so okay, dude. It was pinballing between their heads, and it was moving away from them, so they were moving closer to get to the mic. And then they, they have an accidental kiss, right? Like they get so close, the mic moves, and they kiss each other. And then the dude leans back, and 
sprays Binanko Blast into his mouth. Like, is that... Do they still make that? I remember that being big when I was a kid. I've seen it. Like some uh, little gas stations and stuff, little breast sprays. Have you ever known or seen anyone use it in the last 20 years? I probably have done it a couple times. Like, bought some on a... Like, I think now the thing that replaces the Binanko spray is this little drops. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah. Like, really, really um, strong breath drops. Yeah, or Altoids or something. But it brought me back to the early 80s where... Binanko Blast was like all over the place and everybody had some like in a different flavor and you'd bring it to school and shake it and you know. See how many times you could spray it in your mouth yeah, without it was stopping because it was it was, a, it was really concentrated. Yeah the cinnamon one I remember was super strong dude just like burn the hell out of your throat and you just spray the hell out of it. But I just remember that being such a thing of the 80s that just went away that I don't ever like when's the last time you saw a Binanko or breath spray commercial. We should or, bring that back. No, I'm cool with it being gone. <laughs> no, who, who made the gag where they would spray it in their mouth, and of course the bottle would be backwards, so they're spraying it the wrong uh, way. Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah Dumb and Dumber. But yeah, it was just a weird. It was a weird throwback for me. Like, oh yeah, that was that was a big deal at one point, and it no longer is. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Then we have another uh, ride over to the headache clinic with none other than Bill Bixby with a beard. Right. I'm sure he was happy to grow the beard out. Obviously. Super cool guy, uh, died way before his time, and I thought he was a great actor. Not good in this. Uh, not that he wasn't good in this. That sketch <clears throat> just was... Just a slapstick skit. Yeah, that sketch fell nothing. flat to me. And, yeah, I thought that was real flat, but uh, I just seeing him, I remember seeing him as David or uh, Bruce Banner, depending. There's a story behind that, too, and you, you can't quote me on this, but I think in the beginning... Hold on a second, I'm writing it down. Oh, yeah? I'm writing down exactly what you're saying. Okay, okay. Here go. I think in the beginning of The Incredible Hulk show, his name was Bruce Banner, and I think that there was some kind of weird thing back then of Bruce being like a homosexual name, and they were worried that people would like get a sexual connotation out of it, homosexual, so they changed it to David Banner. So I'm posting on Twitter per you that Bruce is gay, so Hulk is gay. Basically, if your name is, is Bruce, that, you have to you change said, it to David, I think, or something like that. Okay, okay. So <laughs> but, I can paraphrase. You said don't quote me, but I can paraphrase and just paraphrase that. And I'm going to look it up after the show because I'm just interested. But I, I swear I read at one point years ago that because I remember thinking like, wait, like if you were to say the Hulk, would you say David Banner or Bruce Banner? Bruce Banner. See, I think it was David Banner in the show. I think they changed it from Bruce to David because of some weird gay thing, man. I have friends named Bruce that were born around that time, and I'm pretty sure their parents didn't like name him Bruce because they thought they were going to be gay when they grew up. Let's look it up. Let's find out. I think there was something to that. We'll get back to people. Maybe people. We had people answer the question about the uh, the video game from Night of the Demons. We did. I even looked it up Thank and you sent beer you a zombies. clip. Uh, not only beer zombies. Uh, Gene looked it up. Uh, Dave looked it up. I had more than one people throw us throw us uh, news out there. It was cool. So maybe we can have people, our, our uh, Schlocker Not Detectives, get on this one. Figure out what the true story is on this and get Bruce, back to us. Bruce Banner versus David Banner. Get on it. Yep. I, I did put in my notes for that particular skit that it was a waste of star power. Yes. But then when I saw the stars and how they were used later on in the movie, I realized I think that's the joke. Yeah, but like put somebody big in something really small type yeah. deal. Yeah. Kind of like uh, South Park does. They'll get real celebrities to do their show. Like... Uh, um, uh, who's the late night host? Jay, uh, Jay Leno. Yep. He was on their show on, on South Park. He had one line, and I think he was a cat that meowed. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they'll take like big celebrities and give them nothing to do with their celebrity, their stardom. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now this next one really had me laughing, and I'm pretty sure you probably got this one. Uh-huh. The embarrassing odor skit, which or the commercial, which I don't think we have enough of anymore, where your friends would come over to visit, and they would talk about the stinky odor in your house and call you out on it. 
Yeah, there'd be like a an, a dude in a recliner with his shoes off and like some fake vapors coming off his feet. Right? <laughs> you see the fish bone in the trash can, or you see the dogs walking around with muddy paws on the yeah. carpet. And the neighbors would come over; they'd always make those disgusted looks on their face, like "What? Oh my goodness! Yeah, what happened?" So you'd have to do the odor eaters or you know whatever carpet powder they would have or whatever. But this one, this lady goes right right to the point. She doesn't even waste it. So, like, one lady comes in, like, did you have fish for dinner? Or is Harvey still smoking cigars? And then the old lady just cuts right to the point. I did, and I didn't clip it, man. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> That's okay. She basically comes in and says, Christ, did a cow shit in here? Right. <laughs> and the, the cool part, too, with that one is the lady, all the ladies are, like, these old, crotchy-looking Mother Superior ladies. And the, oh, the okay. housewife is, like, her expressions are pretty good. They do some good physical comedy there where she's, like, really embarrassed, and they're just chopping her down left and right and that she's kind of sinking into herself each time it was pretty cool right just getting worse and worse yeah and, and the, you know the stuffy old lady comes in and to the extreme just asks if somebody's shitting here yeah you're right and then uh, it goes straight from that to a black couple getting ready for some sexy time yes the big jim slade sketch right yeah and i did remember this as a child this was the second sketch i remembered from uh from my youth so you do remember this one? yes this one i remembered i immediately thought of uh I didn't know if anybody would ever make a sexual instructional album, per se. But I remember in my dad's book collection, there were books with sexy instructional stuff in it. Oh, neat. I've never seen so that. So maybe... No, you don't need to see that. Yeah. So maybe uh, this was even an even hipper uh, group of people because they didn't have to read it. They could just listen to it and do it while they're listening to it. Right, they had it on album. And this one... It, it's it's not just like an instructional. It's like literally telling him everything to do to this woman. Yeah, I did take a small clip of it. It's from like halfway into the sketch. I thought it was funny. I'm gonna play it for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. As long as it has my favorite line in it. Okay. We'll I, see. I, I bet it does. Here we go. Male <laughs> may fondle her back and arms. The female, if she is so inclined, may latch on to his honker. Is that it? That's it. I nail it. <laughs> the cool thing about that was the rest of that instructional video did not have those type of jokes in it. It no, was it was very serious. It was like you know, yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. The, the joke was basically the 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 instructor is telling the guy what to do and he's messing it all up. It was a very physical comedy uh, type jokes going on, except for that one word out of the whole sketch was just completely out of place. <laughs> and I think that was the genius of that sketch is you didn't hear you didn't feel that one coming because the guy was being so deadpan the whole time. You know. Right, and it looked like, you know, um, it was, again, very serious in nature, and this poor guy is trying his best to, to please his woman, and then it just out of nowhere, just latch onto his honker. Yep. You know? And good. then, of course, he has some problems, um, some male problems, and that's when reoccurring character Big Jim Slade comes to... Yeah. And yeah, Lynn asked me, is he Mexican or black? I almost choked her. <laughs> what? Rick Jim Slade? I think yeah. his name his name is uh, like Manuel, though, or something like that. His actual name. Oh, was it really? I thought he was like a real football player or something. I have no idea. I, I mean, we're talking up. sports now, so that's yeah, out of my yeah, mine too. comfort zone. Oh, before that, I wanted to ask you too. So I'm going to go back to the Bonanca thing where like, is that a thing anymore? Uh, what about a diaphragms? Is that the thing? Because she's the one that went in to... Use contraception. She put on birth control, right? Right. She had to insert the contraception, which I'm taking to be a diaphragm. And is that is that a thing of the past, or is that something that? Uh, I, you know, it's not something I've ever been involved with. So I'm sure somebody around there dental if, dams. 
Have we yeah, talked about that was, yeah. Yes, we have talked about um, it. <laughs> that was just another throwback to me of like, was that like way more popular then than it is now? Or is that something that I just don't, you know, never, I, I don't know anything about it. So I was just curious, is that, is that gone by the wayside or not? Right. I have no idea. Uh, Manny Perry is the guy's name. Big Jim Slade. And was he like a real sports guy or something? Any idea? Let me look here. Known for his on work fly. on Armageddon, Taken 3, and Home Alone. Okay, so no. I liked he was, him. He was, he was cool. a stunt guy. Yeah, he was cool in it. Yeah. So, recurring theme, too. I mean, yep. he saves the day quite a few times. Right. The, so, the, the end of the sketch is basically the dude can't please the woman as necessary. They bring in Big Jim Slade, a big, hulking, virile man, right? Breaks through the wall, if I remember, like the Kool-Aid man. Right, the Kool-Aid man. Right through the door. <laughs> right through the <laughs> and then almost smashes her head and feet into the doorframe on his way out. I caught that on the second watch where she kind of cringes because he's, he flips around and starts trucking out that door. He's about to blast her into the, <laughs> blast her into the doorframe. It was pretty good. One of the things, too, um, they're hitting like several different notes when they're doing this. They So far, they've hit um, a little black exploitation. They've hit slapstick. They've even hit gay humor because two guys kissed. Yep. The, right? deep, the deep throat joke at the end of the feel around vision was. Porno stuff. I mean, yeah. dude, it is all over the map here. Yeah. Interracial so, with the uh, Mandingo reference. Um, yeah. They've had, uh, yeah, and then they carry on with uh, Jewish, with the, they hit everything for sure. Later with Cleopatra Schwartz. Right. Yep. Right. So um, after all of this, um, I don't know how far this is into the movie, but you get your feature attraction, which is a fistful of yen, which is obviously uh, a play on words for a fistful of dollars. Um, but it's weird because this one's almost set up like a British spy thriller, right? This is an exact remake of a Bruce Lee movie. This it is, is a spoof of a Bruce Lee movie, correct? Okay, which which one? Do you know? Oh, dang it, I was going to do it in my trivia. Uh, yes, it's an exact remake of Enter the Dragon. Sorry. No, that's all right. It's okay. It's it's almost scene for scene. Everything in that thing, like you really should watch Enter the Dragon because it's a great movie, also. But he's okay. spoofing Bruce Lee, and the mannerisms that he's doing is not just for this movie. He's doing the mannerisms Bruce Lee did in that movie, and that's oh, that's yeah, what makes it funny. I, I actually wrote that down in my notes. Like it's yeah. definitely he's doing a dead on Bruce Lee. Um, yeah. I didn't know that Bruce Lee's lisp was, was that pronounced. Yeah, though. and you know what? I, I took I took some samples for you. <laughs> How about that? Okay, go. <laughs> so before that, before they really get to that, they they're doing like they're talking about the mission, and they're doing a slideshow, which kind of brought me back to of like you know that uh, click click, you know, and then you get the and yeah, then you to do the to a new slide, a new slide, which that sucked back in the day because that was mostly for home videos and they always sucked. But now we just have PowerPoint, which is basically a slideshow. So even though even yeah. though we got rid of slideshows, we still have to put up with crappy PowerPoint. That's what I took out of that, you know. Yeah, it's by PowerPoint, yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, That's I like worse, I think. Yeah, I liked the old sound of the of the in the the circular slide moving. And they have they had what I thought was a pretty funny joke and I capped it because it, it was it made me laugh. I'm like, this is during the slideshow presentation. This is Butkus, Clan's bodyguard. He is tough and ruthless. This is Kwong. Clown's chauffeur. He's rough and toothless. <laughs> There's one dude's buff and the other guy's... Yeah. <laughs> right, that would do. That made me laugh, man. That was a funny one, dude. You know, right I didn't there. even catch that when I was watching it. So. Yeah, that so, was a good I mean, one. I'm not even watching I'm catching new stuff. Did you see, too, when they're going through the... Uh, they're telling Mr. Louis he's got to infiltrate Clown's army, and it's going through there, and it's showing, like, weird stock footage of elephants, giraffes, and then, like, oversized, like... Uh, mutant lizards. Oh yeah, like dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah, it was good. So I'll oh, give is you that the, what they were. They weren't oversized mutant lizards. They were just dinosaurs. I thought I saw dinosaurs in there. I'm pretty sure it was an oversized mutant lizard. I'll give you the one on that. I'll give you a plus on that. <laughs> so, uh, 
So he does it, and that guy really nails a Bruce Lee. And I, I took a little clip because there's an exact mirror of that scene in, in the Bruce Lee movie. So I, here, I'm going to play the one and then I'm going to play the other, okay? So here's, this is from Kentucky Fried Movie. This is not a charade. We need total concentration. Okay. So <laughs> Bruce Lee did have that, not to that extent. And this, what I capped from him isn't exactly that line, but I just took a cap so you could kind of catch the, the thing. Here it is. What was that? An exhibition? We need emotional content. Try again. Try again. He's got the same little Dude, thing. They are freaking geniuses, man. Yes. It was really they, good. They... Everything they do is with the utmost intensity. I mean, they're focused on it. I mean, it's just like they're using a laser beam on that. It wow. was great. I never and, even got that. And see, since I've seen, I've seen Into the Dragon a bajillion times, dude. And you really need to come over and watch it with him one day. It's a really good movie. Uh, Lynn hadn't seen it either. Uh, so I was kind of surprised there, which made me want to watch it even more. But I think now that you've seen that, watching Into the Dragon, you'll even have more fun with Into the Dragon. We can do that like a Faces of Death or like something. Jesus. Just like a double feature. Jesus, again with that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when you tell me you refuse to watch something just based upon what you've heard of that. <sighs> so I'm never going to stop. No, no, I've seen Faces of Death. I would be more death. than happy to watch that movie with you. Okay, yeah. It's, I've seen Faces of Death, by the way. That's why I don't want to watch it. So. <laughs> okay, anyway, go ahead. Okay, um... But yeah, so I mean, dude, they're like surgeons, man. They just take these genres and they just, they can just cut them right apart and put them back together and they know how it works. So, well, what's amazing to me is you not even seeing Into the Dragon still appreciated the sketch because for me, it was like, oh, I remember that part. Oh, <coughs> you know, like all that stuff I remembered and it was even, I, I bet you even, I appreciate it. I kung more. fu movies, so I mean, I can appreciate, I mean, basically any action movie has those same types of buildups and I've seen tons of kung fu stuff on the USA channel back in the day. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, and, and this one is when it really starts to feel to me like, okay, why didn't I realize this was a Zucker Brothers movie before? Right. Because, I mean, like, the, when they show he's walking through the training camp and there's, like, guys doing real martial arts, right? They're breaking boards, and then you got two guys playing basketball. You're like, well, I, they would probably do that at a martial arts training camp. They just can't train karate all day. they got to have some right. downtime. <laughs> and then it shows them, like, playing patty cake. And you're like, okay, what? Well, that's a, that's a direct – I think they just took that and put that straight in airplane. You remember when uh, when the guy is, like, helping the people in the Peace Corps, whatever he's doing, and he's showing them how to weave baskets, and then they that's just cut right. the basketball. And then it shows them playing basketball. Right, cut the basketball. So I think they took some of the funnier jokes and – uh, you know, you know what? I want to bring up a couple of the parts in that because I mean it's a pretty long sketch and we can't do it word for word. But a couple of the parts that really had me laughing was when he first sees the chick that he's there to rescue and he's doing that wink, like the real obvious wink. Well, first off, I didn't even realize that was part of the mission was to rescue her. Like, yeah, that, it, was that's part of the sl- it was part of the slideshow. It showed her okay. first. She was the first didn't slide. Even, yeah. didn't even catch on to that. But he, he's really making it awkward and obvious. Yeah, and it, it, dude, I don't know why it reminded me of this, but dude, this is a part of, and I'm gonna have to find this part of this movie. You've seen the Three Amigos, I'm assuming, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, do you remember when they're trying to get the one dude's? Look, I sound like like an idiot. Like, do you remember that time when blah blah? I'm just gonna tell you the scene. But <laughs> it brought me back to the scene, and I love it. It's one of my favorite scenes of any movie. They're trying to get the dude's attention. He's like standing. They're all standing on the wall, and he's under it. And they're like, "Up here, up here! Look at me! Look at me!" <laughs> like these bird sounds and shit. Dude, I, I laughed so hard in that part. And this kind of ha- was a little throwback to that for me. Of like, oh, dude, I like when people are like can't get the obvious right in front of them. Is always funny to me. Well, I think she was catching it, but even better for me from that that particular skit was when Klon cuts the guy's head off, and then he tells the guards oh. to take him to go 
G- to go be tortured. Now take him to be tortured. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, dude. <laughs> they, they dragged off the decapitated body. <laughs> but then the American spy tells him to send him to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, and I wrote that down on my notes. Like, what's up yeah. with the Detroit herd hunting, dude? Like, they were just killing it with Detroit references left. And that, that's got to be like the third or fourth time that they made a really disparaging reference toward Detroit. So I'm wondering. My 1977 history. That's exactly what I was saying. What in 77? I had to be something, I'm guessing, car industry related. But what in 77 was so bad about Detroit is is a question on my mind, you know? Right. Well, dude, and then I also noticed that um, the guy who played Mr. Lou, Evan C. Kim, that guy's got great comedic timing and he knows his his martial arts. He was great. He was physically fit. He was excellent at his part. And he had that accent down to a T. (laughs) (laughs) He killed it, dude. (laughs) And you know, he doesn't talk like that. I would hope not. But dude, he, he was tremendously great in, right. that, in that role yeah he i loved him in that for sure and i think you're going to appreciate it even more when we watch uh, the bruce lee version okay i'm down with it man uh now another one of my favorite little spot or parts of the movie uh when and this is another zucker brothers thing because they go over the top right, right. everything they start off small a little gag and then they just it just builds and builds and builds until it's just absolutely ridiculous when ada comes in the room and shows uh, mr lou the microphones oh yeah that was great Dude, it just got more ridiculous, more ridiculous, everywhere. which is a Zucker, you know, staple. So, did you get? A, I got a teeny bit of an Austin Powers feel to that when I think, yeah, I think they that um, Mike Myers probably stole a lot from this. Right? Did you smooth. notice the guard, uh, like the inept guard, where he was making a ton of sound trying to like, and the guard couldn't hear him? Right? He's dropping vases all over the he's place. He's like two and, feet away from him, and right. he, yeah, he's not picking up. And, on that, and that guard's job is basically to walk three steps to the left, to turn around, and walk three steps to the right. <laughs> <laughs> like there was nothing even in that room. He was just walking back and forth three steps. Uh, like that, he's so crappy, he's got no responsibility yeah. at all. Yeah, that yeah. part, um, that part was funny, but it did have that that vibe of like, okay, this is a total Austin powers joke for sure oh yeah well even like the tour group and the inner layer right um, there yeah now, right one of the one of the things that i noticed too did you notice when he sent the toy robot into the room right yep. one guy immediately jumps through the window right. okay then the robot shoots the other guy and he jumps and he shoots him out the same window the guy just jumped through and it's the glass is back again yes there was another pain yeah i caught that it was which great. is another thing the zucker brothers are really good at right yeah. it's like editing tricks you know, seeing, keeping you on your toes, making sure you're paying attention, because some people wouldn't get, wouldn't even get that joke. Right. I bet you if I asked Lynch, you would have had no idea, for sure. Yeah. Like, did you realize that, you know, one guy jumped out the window, and then the second guy that went out, the jumped window out broke the same again, window, right? right? And yeah. that, that led to another one of the, I thought one of the high points of the film was that, that security alarm. Dude. Tell <laughs> me you had that as my ringtone forever and ever. Well, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> and and on and on and on. <laughs> it's great because you're like, that's the worst alarm ever. And then it shows the guy standing over the corner <laughs> with, with a megaphone. megaphone. Yeah. It's just so stupid. Which is again, it's so stupid, but it's so funny, man. I think it just brings out your inner inner child. You just want to uh, laugh at something so ridiculous. That one was awesome, man. Like I laughed, and Lynn right away was like. What's wrong with that alarm? It sounds like a, a goose honking or something. <laughs> and then, and I had seen it previously, so I knew it was coming. And when, when he went out into the hallway, and there's that guy just blasting it in his face, she was laughing. That was a pretty good right. part. You know? Well, then when it shuts, it, uh, goes back to Klon, right? And he's changing his toothbrush to his curling iron or whatever on his hand, because just so everybody knows, Klon, um, 
his hand, his right hand's missing, so he can interchange it with pretty much any type of utensil right. he needs it for. And that's just like um, Enter the Dragon, same thing. Right. So I don't know where he gets a knock on the door, and he opens the door, and that stupid guy walks in and just starts doing the. Alarm. Yeah. Well, hey, did you? I don't know if you caught it or not, but when they first cut to him, he's got a dong on his hand. Yeah, he did, and then like he switched over to the um, to the toothbrush or something. Yeah, right? and then the blow dryer. Right. <laughs> he just had attachment for every walk. You know what was cool about that? That's another part where I re- kind of like how you said you you knew about the Gemini thing, but didn't know what movie it was from. This part I distinctly remember, but I had no clue where what movie I saw it in. I remember the hair dryer and and all the funny stuff on there. So that was kind of cool. Like, oh, cool, I remember this. Yeah, dude, it's weird how it just comes rushing back over you after yeah. all this time. Yeah, it it's was like really cool. you know, it's like a an old friend you haven't seen in a while, right? Yeah, and it just re- reignites that, like, oh, dude, I remember all this. I just never knew where I saw it. It was great. And then the wordplay, when Mr. Lou yeah. comes in and Klon asks him if he wants to see his operation. Yes. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. Yes, and he, uh. he just lifts up his shirt and shows him a scar from an operation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Good joke, um, good joke. Well, then you have, uh, I guess, in Enter the Dragon fashion, Klon has to uh, put on a karate tournament to punish the shitty guards, right? Yep. yep. And then it kind of goes into a dating show spoof, which was big back in the 70s. Same right? thing they did in Shrek, like Pick Your Princess. They, yep. you know, they got the princesses with like the dating game theme song in the background, the whole ball but of wax. You caught the jokes with the names, right? I wrote them down. I thought about using it as a trivia question. Do you want them? Enormous Wang. Nope. Or no, no, no. Huge, huge Wang. Nope. Okay, just give them to me. Okay. I know the last one is enormous genitals. Right. They start with hung well, which is funny. And right. Lynn, Lynn totally didn't get that joke either. She's and, like, I'm nothing. Yeah, I was gauging it. I was kind of peeking to see if she would smile at nothing. She didn't get that. And then long wang, and then she was like, <laughs> you know, she gave the snort. like. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the third one was enormous genitals. So they pretty much, they give you the, the hints, and then they're like, hey, in case you missed those first two, this is what the joke is, dummy. Right? Enormous <laughs> genitals. <laughs> like, beat you over the head with right, yeah. Uh, just like, Jesus, how did you not catch those? Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, But then, like, this is when I noticed they also took the chop sake, the sound effects and the voices were extremely exaggerated. Like, whoa! <laughs> it was oh, almost yeah. like uh, Liu Kang. Yeah. Doing the flying kick every time anybody did anything. And when they snapped the neck, it was the celery breaking again, right? The... Oh, big God, crap. it, was, it yeah. was so loud, so loud. It was good. I liked it. So while this is going on, though, um, that's when we get a return of Big Jim Slade Save to come and free all the prisoners. <laughs> and I love, what, why does Big Jim Slade have this like uh, Russian background music? I should have grabbed that. Yeah, that's so good. He always comes in with that music, and he saves everybody. Um, again, Klon and Mr. Lou had to fight. And then uh, Klon uses Judy's flamethrower trick. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. Same thing, man. Yeah. We're getting two flamethrowers, you know, in a row. Yep. It's amazing. Lucky us. But then, of course, he's defeated like the w- wicked witch of the West. I think it was right. Yeah, that fell supremely flat to me. Yeah, it was a it was a weak ending because yep. at the end of all this, it literally goes back to Mister Lou in bed as Dorothy. And all the characters from the movie. I did think it was kind of funny when uh, Klon brought the flamethrower around the corner for a second. It was like, whoops, yeah. and put it back behind the wall. But Maybe a bit, was, but yeah, the, it was a letdown. It was a little long, too, like that whole black and white scene with the pigtails. I thought that went a little long. and It, it was a kind of a letdown because I really, really enjoyed the whole sketch. The whole thing was strong, and then yeah. it just ends so poorly. Yeah. But 
You know what, man? I mean, you can't knock them all out of the park. You're no, trying. right, right, right. Maybe they just, and we've run across this in other movies that we've done. Maybe people just have a tough time. And books too, I read a lot of books. The endings where people fail, it's tough to really knock, knock an ending out of the park, you know? Are you bragging about it or? I'm a total reader. Yeah. I read a lot of books. <laughs> I don't watch TV so much as read books. Yeah. <laughs> But no, you're right. I mean, dude, that's probably the hardest part. Like, how are we going to end this to where everyone is satisfied? And that's why they have, um, you know, test screenings. They have uh, target audience. Alternate uh, endings, right? Yeah, all sorts of stuff they do. They'll, they'll take entire audiences. What'd you think of it? I didn't like the ending. Well, they'll cut the whole thing out and right. do another one. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, test audience and everything. So, yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed, too, is that there are hairy Krishnas in this movie. Hey, I, hey Doc. I'm not messing around with you here, man. We got some serious ESP going on. My very next line in here is Harry Krishna joke, same as airplane. Is that even still a thing? That's my very next line, Dude, bro. How do we do that? It's a running gang in the Zucker Brothers movies. I thought this was, was better than the uh, Harry Krishna's in the airplane movies because it's just like a beer commercial, right? And it's always Wheeler time. And it shows them doing stuff that everybody else Wouldn't does, do. but they're uh, very Krishnas. I think I like the airplane one better when they get beat up. Like the guy just starts punching them. Like just the <laughs> minute they walk up to him. But, uh, Dude, how weird is that that we nailed that at the same time of the show? Weird. Uh, but the the Krishna thing, is that still around? Like, again, with Bananken and sure there, Yeah, I'm sure there are Harry Krishnas out there, man. They just don't go door-to-door anymore and probably a little bit more reserved. Uh, I guess back then it was just way more prevalent and because you saw it in more uh, movies and TV shows and whatnot. I, I haven't seen a Krishna joke I'm in I'm sure forever. back then, you know, before you could get on a plane and... Uh, you know, once you got past the security checkpoints, there were Harry Krishnas there right, to talk, right. talk about their relationship, <laughs> and now that's not a thing anymore. You yeah. can't talk about anything at the airport. Yeah, you can't wear your shoes, yeah. Yeah. So then right after that, it goes into another one. Uh, Scott, Scott-free board game, really weak. I thought the wool sweaters were the stars of that commercial. Uh, um, other than that, nothing was memorable. So maybe that's just because we're kind of far removed from the JFK assassination. I bet you that was very risky at the time. That's not even oh, just barely yeah. a decade after JFK. So that's probably something you didn't see in comedy. The one thing that I, the only part of that one I liked was one of the game, one of the pieces on the game board was a little coffin with a flag on it. That was kind of funny, but <laughs> other than that, that was a throwaway. But I, I'm guessing at the time that was like a, oh my God, I can't believe they're making fun of the, you know, JFK was a big deal to probably my parents. Did. Yeah, you know? that was probably a huge, huge So to us, yeah, you know, that didn't withstand the test of time, I don't think. That probably pissed a lot of people off now that I think about it, because my parents, huge JFK fans. Right, yeah, my, mine, mine too. That's still a very, uh, hey, dude, you need to. Uh, talking about me being a nerd and reading books, that Stephen King book about the JFK assassinations, uh, little time travel book, pretty damn good. And I think they're making a Hulu show uh, based on the novel. Yeah, eleven twenty two sixty three. I think. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, James I don't know Franco. I think. Is oh, is it Franco? Are you kidding me? Your favorite. <sighs> Man, well, I really like the book. How about that? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you've told us already. You read it, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> the book was better than the movie. Uh. <laughs> I haven't read a Stephen King book in years. I've been a lot, a lot more into nonfiction stuff lately. But I should probably try and get into that. I've been in. I don't read fiction. I read non. Yeah. Okay. Now it's you. <laughs> Did you hear me? I was pushing my glasses up consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not into fantasy as much as I am reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the book. Anyway. If, if you're gonna read a King book, that's not a bad one to to get back into. That was a pretty decent book. Oh, yeah, not not like the Gunslinger series or something. You're just gonna read some one-off by Stephen King. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, I'm gonna waste, waste your time with a one-off and not the complete Gunslinger series. I'm, maybe I'm gonna lose my nerd card here, but I didn't like the Gunslinger series. I know it's well received and people like this it. Podcast. Oh, it's so <laughs> I bad. Quit. I lost you on the mic. You I just quit. Is that it? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> I'm going home. This yeah. is done. No, you know it's not for everybody. Yeah, it's it's widely acclaimed though, and I get it. I just it wasn't for me. Should we get back on the rails here? 
what what are we doing? Kentucky Fried Movie or something? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about ourselves and what we like. Yeah, everyone cares. <laughs> okay. So uh, the next thing is a trailer. You're going to be scared shitless of Samuel L. Bronkowitz's newest film. That's Armageddon. Yeah. Um, and then the the silliest thing about this whole thing is they actually got Donald Sutherland to play a clumsy waiter. So while the earthquake's going on, he's just falling into cakes everywhere. Yeah, face first into a cake. That's like a, <laughs> again the gag. Right? Yeah, Donald Sutherland, big star, Kiefer's dad. I mean, come on. If that one fell a little flat to me, I kind of like the arguing during all the 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 nonsense arguing during all the destruction and mayhem, like the drama of the the thing. But it, that one, that sketch was eh, yeah, not yeah, one of my favorites. I, I thought you know maybe like when uh, the two were making out in front of the house and everything was just going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. That was funny. But the next one is my all-time favorite, dude. The United Henry Appeal Gibson. for the Dead? Is that it? United Appeal of the Dead. Yeah. And it's got Henry Gibson. Did you know he was the voice of Wilbur in the cartoon, Charlotte's Web? Oh, I didn't. Did you know he was in one of my favorite Buck Rogers episodes as a mastermind bad guy? He he had to have been. He's got the face for it. I mean, yeah. why would he's probably a bad guy in Knight Rider. He was a bad guy in Inner Space, wasn't he? Was he in Inner Space? Yeah. Huh. Gremlins 2. I like that dude. He's got the 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 creepy, just that look, right? Of like a, a he 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 ain't the nice guy in the movie, right? So you like this one, right? Uh, I'm I'm hit and miss. I liked it and I didn't like it. I thought it went a you little didn't like dark. The dead kid fodder. Did I didn't. I, I thought it went a little darker than the rest of the movie, but I think that that's part of what they did here was they didn't not go there. You know what I'm saying? Like it, for me, it was dark, but I understand why it's there. They didn't want to leave anything out, so I appreciate the fact that it was there. I just love the silliness of. You know, little Johnny in the pool at the barbecue. Floating, floating, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but if you haven't seen it, that's one of my favorites. So, yep. that's a good one. And then it goes straight into the courtroom black and white television show. It's oh, almost like People's Court in the 50s or something. The, dude, the wordplay in the courtroom scene. Oh, my Sledge, God. Sledge, if you don't want to watch this movie, I understand, because he doesn't like what he calls um, our white boy movies or whatever it is, but, <laughs> dude... That courtroom scene was nothing but wordplay the whole time. It was it was straight up you know, order in the court, I'll have a hamburger type wordplay the whole oh, time. Oh, God, the whole thing. And most of it I didn't like, but dude, I for me, the funniest joke in the whole movie was in the courtroom scene, and I capped it because I, I don't know if, if you thought it was funny or if you liked it or not, but I wanted to play Go it ahead. for you. Go ahead. Mr. Grunwald, would you kindly tell the court the fabric of which your shirt is made? I object, Your Honor. That shirt is immaterial. <laughs> dude, that's a smart joke. That's well, a dude, smart joke, bro. Listen to the tape, jury, and he takes the roll of tape and it's like... <sighs> that, that one fell flat for me, man. That was too on the nose. That was too on the nose for me. Listen to the tape. Dude, did you notice... Okay, so the stenographer, uh, when the, the district attorney walks by and the stenographer starts making faces at him, okay. is that the same guy from Airplane who tells it from the beginning? Dude. That's the same thing I told Lynn. I said, I think that, no, for me, I thought that was the guy in Airplane that is behind them in the, uh, in the what is it called, where they're, the control room, that everything they're doing, he's acting out in the background, like, ridiculously. Wasn't it the same guy? He's like, tell me from the beginning. He's like, well, first there were dinosaurs, and then a large meteor came and killed all of them. Is it him? Same guy, right? Yeah, I think it's the same dude. <laughs> if it's not the same actor that's in Airplane as well during that, during that scene, it's, they, they definitely took that character off of the stenographer, because he's the dude that's in the background making faces and acting out things that literally when they shouldn't be. Uh, he was funny. I liked him. He was cool. And then, then there was something else in this skit that probably pissed off a lot of people. It was two guys kissing. Two guys kissing. Well, that's not the first time. They kissed in the microphone. The, yeah, but I'm just saying. But, I mean, dude, that's something that had not happened a right. lot. 
Uh, even in the field round in the movie theater, he kisses the guy kisses his neck. Um, yeah, you know? that's right. Uh, did you notice also? Um, what was that? The next skit? Oh, I'm gonna save this for the next skit. Go ahead. But that that uh, courtroom scene to me, I almost couldn't handle it, dude. Like it was so fast, and I was some of the jokes. Like I'd say that they, the joke per minute ratio was like oh JPMs. The, the JPMs yeah. were off the chart, and only. 10% of them I really found funny. But the 10% I did find funny, I really thought were funny. The DA objects to his own line of questioning. Right. He asked him. Then asked <laughs> to go over his briefs and he checks his underwear. Checks his underwear. The, the funny thing about the questioning was he asked a question like, is it true that you are not? Like a kind of a, a two-part question where when someone answers yes or no, you're like, is it, uh-huh. is it yes, it is true or yes, it isn't true? Like that type of thing. So all the questioning was skewed. And that was funny. I did like that. That was cool. Right. Oh, dude, the you know shirt what? was immaterial, Maybe. though. That was great. What's that? The shirt was immaterial. Is great, dude. That's great. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, maybe it, these guys are probably smarter than we are, right? Oh, yeah. Because uh, they're thinking this stuff. You think it's a mockery of the justice system? Just throwing it out there. Maybe they just like the justice system so stupid because people, when you're in court, that's how lawyers talk, right? They speak in tongues. They double speak. They, they say shit out of the side yeah. of their mouth. Right, maybe that's what they're thinking. That's why they put this thing together the way they did. That that's a possibility. My take on it was it was kind of a live version of a Looney Tunes sketch where you would get the the courtroom and Looney Tunes and the judge they would take everything the judge is saying literal because there's words you wouldn't normally use outside of a courtroom that you can spoof on. I think right. that's a perfect setup for wordplay is is all the the courtroom double entendres and antics. Another thing that was kind of funny in that one, dude, to me was I hadn't seen. Wally, and that's not the real beaver, but I hadn't seen Wally and the beaver in like a million years and I kind of forgot it existed. Uh, the, the beaver was basically simple Jack. I mean, he was just way, <laughs> way slow, dude. Like, <laughs> gee, Wally. <laughs> like, so slow. <laughs> and I thought the dude, and the Wally's the actual Wally from the show who aged really good. And I yeah. thought he nailed it because he straight faced the whole thing. He, I couldn't have done that, dude, yeah. sitting next to that, that doofy beaver. <laughs> no way. That was one of the Zucker brothers, I'm pretty sure, too. Oh, that's great. That that part would make me laugh. The Wally parts were funny. Yeah, they were good. Yep. I, and I'm just going to say there were probably more jokes in that five-minute skit uh, that were more thoughtful and better written than half of the – and you're probably going to hate this, but the last ten Seth Rogen films, man. Uh, I would – I would say there was more jokes in that sketch than the past seven movies we've done on the show. Like that was the yeah, jokes dude, were like it was just it was uh, fast and furious on that, right? Yeah, every line it, it was a who's on first. Every line was a, a joke or a double entendre. Every single one, right? Yeah, I didn't like it overall. I still think it felt a little flat. But I, the stuff that was in there, there was definitely glimmers of genius in those jokes. Of course, and it goes to show what they would do later right. in 1980 with airplane. I mean, this is 1977, three years before airplane, right? Right, and and people don't. I I think this movie is just as important as Airplane, but a lot of people don't talk about it because when you see the name Kentucky Fried Movie, people either you understand what it is and you have to see it, or you don't understand it and you just stay away from it. Dude, the boundaries were were pushed in this movie like none other. I would guess at that time they they pushed every sexual, uh, racial. Uh, religious, they put political, they push the boundaries further than everything. And nobody is safe. And that's what I like about it. That's what comedy is supposed to be. We're supposed to laugh at ourselves. Right. Right. Quit being so stuffy. Quit getting, you know, quit being so serious all the damn time and laugh at ourselves. Right. Yeah. We need more of that. Please, everybody. Yeah, please. Uh, So you know where the Kentucky Fried movie name comes from, right? Kentucky Fried Chicken? I don't know. (laughs) No, it was the name of their comedy troupe. Kind oh, of like the right? Groundlings or whatever. It was the Kentucky Fried Group. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I'm sure it has a little bit to do with Colonel Sanders' little business. I don't know if we can clearly say that name on, <laughs> on our show, Copyright Issues. But, KFC. Uh, is that what we're talking right. about? Yeah, I gotcha. 
Right. So, um, what happened after that? I don't remember. That uh, was cuts right to the Johnny or Jimmy Dangerous, the danger guy. Right. Puts on the helmet, and you know what I caught on that? It was his name was Rex Kramer, which was reused in Airplane as well. The, he is not the same character, obviously, but the name Rex Kramer is also used in the movie Airplane. Oh, can I give one more fun fact about the jury thing? Sure. Or about the uh, courtroom drama? Sure. Forrest J. Ackerman was a juror in that. Don't know who that is. Just research him. Okay. Great man. Great okay. man. Great man to the uh, horror sci-fi genre. Okay. So okay. The, the next sketch is uh, Dick called Cleopatra Dick. Schwartz, right? Ooh, I skipped Cleopatra Schwartz completely because I had nothing to say about it, but it was the next sketch. Yes. It kind of reminded me of um, uh, Gandhi 2 in the uh, yep. UHF movie. Exactly right. Yep. No more passive resistance. Uh, they, dude, they spoofed black exploitation expertly, yep. and it looked great. Yeah, it was a, a very tough. Uh, what's that lady's name? Greer, Cleopatra? I think. She, yeah, well, Foxy I think she, Brown. Foxy Brown. Yeah, it was a very tough um, Foxy Brown esque chick. And she was kicking ass and married to a little Hasidic Jew. Right, and he was not kicking ass, and it, it was just. I'm sure that was just there to spoof uh, exploitation. He was, he was providing the ammo while she was on the Gatling gun or the M60. Yeah, I think he hit Maybe a guy with a bottle, too. Yeah, he hit a guy with a bottle at one point. But <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a fun little, like, those little quick sketches I enjoyed because they weren't shoving it down your throat. It was fast. It came and it went. You know, it was good to go. Right. Now, the next thing I thought, okay, nothing, you know, we've talked about they've hit everything. They do an educational series like we would see um, back on Reel to Reels back when we were kids. Right, I skipped zinc out on my oxide notes. and you. Yes, yes, zinc oxide. And so I actually looked it up, and let's see, zinc oxide is an additive um, that's used in pretty much everything we use. It's extremely accurate. That skit. Oh, cool. Okay, good on them. Plastics, wools, um, everything we use. So basically, this skit was what what happens when we don't have any more zinc oxide. And let me just tell you. Um, Everything happens. Right. The lady's trying to cook dinner world. and it goes to hell. Yeah, the world as we know it is gone. Um, fake legs are disappearing. <laughs> yeah. Fire, mayhem. Everything. Your brakes, brakes come off your car. Right. So that was a good one. Yeah, it was, I thought that was again, very intelligent. It was, a, it was a good one because it was quick, uh, it was fun, and then they moved on. You know? Dude, there was so much chaos in that little set, too. My God, that poor actress. They yeah. put her through the ringer. What about uh, your, your son's safety catch on his rifle? And then the kid just bang. <laughs> and, and, which kind of that, that was like, man, in the 77, that was probably a thing where you could give your kid a, a 22 rifle at the age of 10 or 12. And uh, that was not unheard of. My high school had a uh, rifle range in it. Well, you're hella old, though, so that it doesn't count yeah, anymore. So. Yeah. Black powder. Rifle yeah. Range. Oh, nice. You got a musket. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so then... Obviously, the one that I think would never be made today, Danger Seekers. Yeah, that's the one next to my notes. That's the Rex Kramer one. I'm sorry. I, I skipped that ahead for some reason. That's okay, man. That's what I'm here to keep us on the rails. Thanks, buddy. Your, your job's coming up next when I just start doing whatever the hell I want. Okay. I'll take over. <laughs> <laughs> Danger Seekers was uh, kind of a, what is what was that guy that used to be on Letterman? Was it Captain Dave Osborne or something like that? Or, yeah, Captain Dave Osborne. Yeah. It was kind of that type of dude, a guy that would go out and do these wonky uh, it, it, he comes in on like a hand glider. He's wearing the, the evil Knievel USA onesie with a helmet. <laughs> and they're, they're hyping up that he's going to do this big dangerous mission or whatever. And he basically walks across the train tracks to a bunch of black dudes playing dice, puts on the helmet and yells the N word and then runs away. And then, <laughs> of course, all the guys chase after which right. I think is hilarious. Right, and I remember I, that as a, I, as a child. I, that was funny. And if anybody's offended by that, it's just ridiculous. No, but and unfortunately, I, you can't make that anymore. Yeah, you can't, and I think even... I mean, dude, I, I got plenty of uh, 
buddies that even do other podcasts with me that would say that is a funny part. It's done in good taste. It's it's not done out of spite or anger. Mal- it, it there was wasn't no made malice, out of malice. No. There was no ill will. It was just to show you, like, if you say that word, be prepared to get your ass whooped. Right. And Rex Kramer's going to go into a group and say it just for the sheer danger of it. Right. You know? And yeah, it and wasn't- it, I think that was okay to use. I thought that was used in the right way. Uh, there, well, actually, there's no way to use it. But that was used. It was funny, and it was done. It was done in a good way, I thought. Right. I think every race would find that right. not offensive at all. Right. But somebody's going to watch it. Somebody's going to say that. So when they show it, I'm surprised Hulu had it on there, but to be honest with you, I really was shocked that that skit was still on there. Yeah, and I saw mine on Amazon Prime just in case anybody else has trouble with Hulu like I did. Yeah, that happened with Ninja Scroll, I believe, also. I'll just heads up. It's your Hulu, not mine. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I'll, I'll fix it out. <laughs> Either way, it's on both, yeah. uh, which is good. Uh, and I think that that took us to the. Was that the last sketch with the? Well, let me news? ask you this though: What was Lynn's thought on that? When she did she laugh? Uh, no, I don't think she did. I don't think she cared either way. I think it was just quick and yeah, it was lost on her. Yeah. I think. Okay. Uh, so the next one is two people making out. Right. Right. Beautiful, um, beautiful woman. Yeah, very stunning woman. Yeah. Uh, he gets shut down. So then they start some heavy petting when they turn on the news. This one was weird because, like, as a kid, I actually thought that at some point, like, people doing the news could see me or whatever for a short time. Okay. I remember, remember, you know, thinking that. And they just start really perving out while they're making out, dude. dude. And then it turns into, like, full-on porno mode. Yeah, it got pretty risky, I thought. I mean, straight softcore. They were showing, yeah, they were showing stuff that I, I don't think you get away with, maybe not even on HBO right now. Right, and they were really getting it on, and then of course uh, the the newscasters, all the producers from behind the screen come in. They're watching these people have sex, and it looks like they're they're getting off on it at the same time. Um, and then at the end of that, they climax, and the movie climaxes, and it's over. Yep. Which yep. I thought it was an appropriate ending, climax of the movie. Do you want me? I'm going to rewind just a second here. Do you want me to tell you a couple of things I thought when I was a kid, kind of like your you, that the newscaster could see you thing. Sure. Now, this is very young, Steve. I just told someone about this recently. But, the, you know, my, some of my youngest memories was I thought that all dogs were male and all cats were female. And when they mated, if it came out, of, you know, it would come out either a dog or a cat, male or female. Is that you that I talked about? With, right. And the yeah. other stupid one I had was I thought that when two people ran for president, the person that won became president and the person that lost became vice president. That's You know what? Maybe that's a good idea. Make them work together, dude. Get yeah, them both in there. Like, damn it. You know what? I'm your boss now, so. Wait, we're talking the president, not make the cats and dogs mate, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The president, vice president. Think about it, though. They'd probably be less apt to talk so much shit about yeah, maybe each other on the campaign there, trail man. if they knew that he could be my boss. That's true. Maybe clean it up a little bit. Nice, man. Mm. Oh, and a couple man. other things. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was just wondering, you know, we're actually making political strides on a stupid show about dumb movies. Yeah, that's not too bad. Huh? <laughs> during during a, an a, upcoming election. What Good for yeah. us. So I would say that it was pretty remarkable that this movie was even made. Um, but nobody wanted to finance this. They went around to every studio. Nobody wanted to. Um, they ended up using $35,000 of their own money, and they made a quick little 10-minute film, and the actual producer saw it and said it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in his life and gave him the money. They took the risk. So, money well spent. Good for them. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do a lot of people like this movie? I mean, I talk about this movie all the time, and I, people look at me like I got a dick grown out of my forehead. <laughs> this is a movie that when I told the fellows that we were going to do it, most of the guys said, dude, I know the name. I've seen the movie, but I don't remember it. And that's how I was. Like, dude, I know I've seen it. It's, I'm positive I've seen it, but I didn't remember hardly anything about it. Cool. Uh, a couple things I had from the movie uh, definitely had that airplane feel. And I think they took this as, as a gauge, some of the highs and lows. They, they got rid of the lows. They took the highs and they made airplane with it. It's kind of the way I felt, felt about it. 
Uh, the sets were way low budget. I mean, extremely low budget, and I liked it. I think it, it added to the charm of the film, um, yeah. the little white rooms. It did have all of three of my uh, movie hit lists. Uh, it had Kung Fu, it had boobies, and it had uh, uh, little people. So, Where was the little person? Uh, during the one of the scenes, there's uh, during the Catholic schoolgirls in trouble. There's girls chained to the to the ceiling, and there's a That's guy right, with a whip. The little person with the whip. There's a guy with a whip. So it did That's have right. all three. Um, and one more note is the bad guy from Fistful of Yen, the main bad guy with the missing hand, Klon. Klon uh, is Master Bong Su Han. He's very well known in the martial arts community. He's like the father of Hapkido. Uh, that dude's a legitimate badass and you can look him up and see other stuff that he's done not necessarily movie work but instructional videos and legitimately a badass old dude was is his hand really missing or was that special no 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 his his hand isn't missing (laughs) oh okay good that looked great yeah it did it was cool (laughs) and dude i'm telling you you got to watch into the dragon it's it's awesome it's a great okay good stuff i probably have seen it man seriously my brain has so many movies but i will watch it again with you whenever you're ready cool cool all right, cool, man. All right, then I will take the reins from here on out so you don't screw us all up again. Make it an unprofessional show here. First up, favorite and least favorite movie. Uh, favorite and least favorite moments of My the movie. My favorite movie is The Thing. Next. Yeah, okay. Is that true? Is that your favorite movie? Yep. Uh, Kurt That's Russell? what you just said. Kurt Russell's? Your, the, the Kurt Russell's The Thing? Of course. No, the remake. Uh, you're not talking about The Swamp Thing or something? No, The Thing. Okay, John cool, Carpenter's man. The Thing. Right on, man. Okay. Uh, no, okay. Th- so now that we've got you're that out- the show here. Now that we got that out of the way, can we go to your uh, favorite moment of this movie? Yeah, you know it's weird too because my favorite moment of this movie um, didn't make me laugh as hard as the other parts, but I thought they nailed the tone perfectly, and it was Cleopatra Schwartz. Believe it. Really or not. nice, man. Cool. I liked how they merged the two different worlds. You know, the Hasidic Jews and the the uh, black heroine, the tough black uh, tough girl, and uh, they put it in a trailer. And they meshed perfectly. It was really hard to nail, uh, but it's really easy to screw up, and they, they killed it, man. So yeah. I liked it. That's cool, man. That's a really good one. I wouldn't have chosen that for your favorite, so that's good. I know, because you told me it was one of your least favorites, so go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Not least. <laughs> okay. Uh, my favorite, I, I really dug the Fistful of Yen sketch in general, and that was because I'm a huge fan of uh, Enter the Dragon. So to me, that it, you know, that was just great. I was totally cool. That I, I forgot... I lost track of time, I should say, when I was watching that one because I was like, "Oh, I know, th- I remember that part of the movie. He did that." Like, I rem- like the the dudes in the hallway rushing him, where there's like no end to him. That's in the movie. It's pretty cool. They did yeah, a good job, yeah. so that was my favorite. Very and uh, and the, dude, there's a lot of people involved in that one too because if you see like on IMDb or in the credits of the movie, yeah. how many people were in Klon's army? It just never stops. Yeah, I looked. I watched all the way to the end of the credits, and there's a big thank you to some like uh, karate and kung fu clubs at the end. So I bet you they went to, they went around to a legitimate karate places and kung fu places and got guys to for extras and i, I appreciate that i think that's bkc really cool. probably i would assume <laughs> let's hope uh least favorite uh the nitex commercial yeah that was weak it just seemed to me the laziest writing of the entire movie but that like was. i said you can't all, you can't hit them out of the park every right. time they try yeah and i give it a give them huge props for that man yeah i'll give you that uh my least favorite was the same sketch, the ending of Fistful again. I, that was a bad way to end a great sketch that really fell flat and it bummed me out and it went long and I was just like, oh man, I wish they could have done something cooler with it. Yeah, okay. Which brings us to our unique star rating. Uh, mine's not very good this time, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. I'll give it uh, one huge out of one big Jim Slade. Nice. And okay then, uh, or you can do two Sanhedrin, or two Sanhedrins and call me in the morning. 
All right, man. I think you did a pretty know, good job with that. I know. They were worse. They were awful. That's the worst I've ever well, done. Well, you know what? Mine's going to be worse, so <laughs> don't worry about that. that. I don't even know what that means. I'm reading it like, what the hell was I thinking when I wrote that? <laughs> you tricked yourself? Yeah. Jesus. All right. Mine was I give it a one out of a possible one misused Bill Bixby's. I think. Oh, that's perfect, man. <laughs> I God, think Bill, Bill Bixby, this, dude. Uh, this episode, for sure. I, I'm going to bring my A game next time. I'm sorry. Well, I think you've killed me on every show up till now, so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, the Bill Bixby sketch... I really like Bill Bixby. I just thought he was awesome when I was a kid. And I get what you say, and I didn't think of that angle of that was the point. But I think they could have made a short... I, they could have done something better with him is all I'm saying. I, I really wanted to, him to be something other than just the spokesman for some dumb headache thing. And they had already you, done a headache you, sketch. That was the second yeah. headache sketch. Yeah, when you see him um, and you hear his voice, you know, you remember him as from the Hulk show as a kid and other stuff. And it's just like, this is... Not not what he needs to be doing in this movie. Right, right. I yeah. think he, he... Even a small, dumb sketch, but it could have been a better small, dumb sketch is all I'm saying. I agree. Okay. Life yeah. lesson learned? Uh, don't let Harvey smoke cigars, eat a fish dinner, and then let a cow shit <laughs> in your house right <laughs> nice. before Michael Nice. Good one, dude. Good one. <laughs> all right. You redeemed yourself with that, buddy. Okay. Uh, mine was, there's never an appropriate place to use the N-word. Never. Never. And that's for you, Big Will. Go. All right. Oh, I got something new for us here. Have you... Did you know about this? Did you know about our, our quiz intro? I did not. You well, I may have had a little something to do with it, but I didn't know if they'd have the time to do it, but they're awesome people, so. You haven't heard it? No. Dude. All right, get ready, bro. I'm going to have to play this twice because they knocked it out. Ready? Go. Schlocker Not Protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. <laughs> dude! <laughs> Is that great, dude? <laughs> Uh, I told her she was going to be awesome. Dude, she killed it, man. <laughs> so here's what I'm getting out of that. I'm going to sidetrack for a second again. The people that I've had send in stuff, and I'm super thankful for them. Uh, Jeff, Sledge, uh, I got other surprises coming up. They, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to do the audio for the show, and I had to learn it all myself and everything. They've all done it better than me, and it's super Jeff aggravating. Jeff literally spent like 20 minutes like looking at the computer like, I think I got this, and then that's what he's coming up with. She sounds like a robot. Everything everybody has done has been better than what I tried, and it's super aggravating. <laughs> it really bums me out that, that everybody's sending in such cool, creative stuff. because they're not stuff. spending you know, 10 hours a week preparing for the show <laughs> by reading, you know, uh, reading books and watching movies and taking clips. They have time to work on their computers to pull little clips for us. That was I, awesome. I prefer nonfiction to fiction. That's you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. <laughs> Such a witty asshole. All right, I'm, I'm going to do that one more time, bro, because I loved it. That was great. Oh, yeah. right. So we, this is going to be the official uh, uh, intro from now on, right? Oh, dude. I mean, yeah, I'm hoping she sends more. I'd love to have a bank of these. She was great. Uh, that's great. And whatever Jeff did or whatever she did with the... Uh, I don't even know how you do that. They're only using Audacity. It's the same thing I'm using. I don't even know how they do it. All they're right. not sucking with Audacity. God, Steve. man. That's it, what they're doing. Putting me to shame over here. Okay, one more time. Schlocker Not Protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. Oh, dude. It's going to be me, too. I'm the best human moron. Aggravating to me that they can do that so easily after such little time, dude. You don't know. All right. Thank you, Jeff and Christine, for that. Thanks, guys. Make me look That's bad. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you my easy question, and I already know you know the answer. I think you know all three of mine already, but uh, easy. Who was the producer of all this mess? Samuel L. Bronkowitz. Derp, of course. What was the name of the first morning news segment? Oh, 
come on. Is my mute button on? Did my, no, did no, I, I, I'm, I'm I, thinking. I asked I'm a question, thinking. didn't I? Yeah, I no, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know. Give it to me. I am today. Damn it. Okay. Uh, medium. Ah, damn it. I gave you this one. I shouldn't have. What movie was A Fistful of Yen spoofing? Enter the Dragon. Groovy. Yeah. Thank but, you. Yeah. What headache medicine is Bill Bixby a spokesperson for? Let, let me refer to my notes. Quick. <clears throat> right, quick. Yeah. It was either the... It's not Nidex. It's... It's some Hedron, something like that. Sanhedrin. I'll give that to you. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Yep. All right. Here's the hard one. What's the name of the sequel to this movie? Oh, uh, Amazon Women on the Moon. Yeah, and I didn't know that was a sequel to this. I thought they were two separate movies. I mean, there's no relation to them other than that movie was made after this one, and it's kind of in the same vein. But uh, according to the IMDb, IMDb trivia, that was that that was a direct sequel. So, and you know why that that a sequel is named that, right? No. Did you just say that? Because I spaced out. I was reading my third question, but I guess in some some country. Um, for Kentucky Fried Movie, um, the, the actual translation of Kentucky Fried Movie to their language is Amazon Women on the oh, Moon. Oh, neat. So, they, so that's they why took that? the sequel was named Amazon Women on the Moon. Oh, that's cool. That's good trivia, man. I like yeah. that. Good cool. job, man. Okay. Okay. Uh, is that, no, you got, now. yeah, I still have a hard question. Go. What city replaces Hong Kong during the fly-in credits of A Fistful of Yin? Uh, New York City. Correct. Yes, uh, that was Which a funny part. I thought part. it was great, like, as we flew into Hong Kong, and it shows like the Statue of Liberty and shit. And you know what? I didn't notice that till my second viewing, so I'm glad I watched it twice now. <clears throat> awesome. You still beat me by one, and I already had you something queued up here, so here we go. Did you? Hold on a second. Before you play that, did you say something queued up? Queued. Or something queued up? Queued. Okay. All right, here we go. If Doc was a vegetable, he'd be a cucumber. Cute. Cucumber, Doc. <laughs> hey, maybe I did say cute because I was reading, or, you know what I mean? Because I was reading the clip before I said cute. Well, dude, that's so weird. Dude, we've been on the same wavelength today. I mentioned like something about you. I thought you said something cute up, and then you bring up a cute cumber clip. Yeah, that's something's weird. Up. Yeah, today's off. Today's great. All right. Yeah, awesome sauce. Schlock or not? Um, not schlock. I'm gonna say pretty schlocky, and I think it was on purpose. Just like manboard. 100% I, on purpose? Schlock? Yeah. I, I th I'm calling it schlocky because of the maybe the, the sets, you know, how, how low budget the sets are and the, the, the outfits and stuff. But I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm saying it in a good way, pretty much. Pretty Did schlocky. you like it? The movie? Yes. I've watched it twice. Yeah, I liked it. <clears throat> I did too. Yeah. I thought it was schlock. You say not schlock. You say schlock. I say not schlock. I say it's a little, got a little schlock in it. A little pretty schlocky. And did you do a Doc Flicks picks this week? I did. Give it to me. Um, I'm not feeling good about this one because it seems pretty safe. Okay. Um, but 2016's Deadpool is really good. To that, the new one? Yeah. Direct oh, by did Tim you see Miller. it? You saw it? I did. Yeah. Okay. So it, I think, it passed yeah, muster. I think we need to support hard R genre flicks. Okay. Um, you can tell that this is a labor of love for everybody involved. There's plenty of cheesy cult movie references, uh, gore, nudity, vulgarity, audaciousness. Um, just... Just so everyone knows, don't take your kids. Seriously, I saw people who brought their kids, and I thought, what the hell's wrong with them? Literally, Deadpool himself is coming on Facebook and everywhere, warning parents not to be bad parents and bring their kids. Wow. Unless your kid, you know, he's obviously 14, 15, 16. Maybe. I'm, don't bring your 7, 8-year-old kids. It is D not for them. Base it on the maturity level of your child. How about that? Right, but I'm telling you, 
unless you want some awkward uh, situations with your youngins, there is everything and more. And I loved it. Okay, cool, man. Because I, yeah, I think we talked about this on a previous show. I was really on the fence. Like they, they could definitely do it right, but they could also definitely do it wrong. And I was curious if they were going to hit it or not. So that's cool. Dude, they did great. And he, dude, Ryan Reynolds even makes fun of himself. So well, he should have for a Green Lantern, if you ask me. He does in the movie. He makes fun of himself. He breaks the fourth wall and makes fun of Ryan Reynolds himself making that movie. Okay, so. good for him. Yeah. Um, awesome. I got one that another one you you can't watch with your kids, but you can watch with your spouse. Me and Lynn both enjoyed Eastbound and Down. It's a Danny McBride show from 2009 to 2013. Again, not for the kids. Uh, cur- not at all. Not at all. It's currently streaming on Amazon Prime and uh, HBO Go or now, if you have HBO Go or now. And uh, we, we watched the whole, all three, se- uh, three seasons before. We watched all of them almost right in a row and uh, pretty good stuff, man. Pretty funny. Smart. Awesome. Smart stuff. Cool, man. All right. And do, 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 do. I think we're talking about Bone Tomahawk next, 2015 Kurt Russell. Is that correct? Yep. That's it. Okay. Which I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, we have an email uh, that I wanted to read. Uh, cool. Let me, let me make sure I pull it and read it correctly. I'm going to take a big breath here. This was from, <laughs> came in, came in on our email at schlockernot at gmail.com. Here we go. Schlockernot is a pleasant mash of different perspectives on the classic cult film we all have the pleasant memories of, based over a slice of Pizza Warrior's finest. It takes me back to the hour-long gaze of indecision on the walls of the local rental shop where I was so ready to hand over my $2, despite my rating-restricted status. Cash accepted, weekend enjoyed, podcast subscribed, and no name was on this email, unfortunately. I take that as he was obviously too embarrassed uh, to say he supports the show. <laughs> the way I took that. That's probably my mom. Signed. Mom, uh, don't leave your <laughs> name on there because then everybody will know. Signed Mrs. Doc. That's crazy. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. That was really cool. That was our first email, and that was uh, fun to read, and I appreciate the kind words. That was awesome. Yeah, please, everybody send in more email. We'd love to hear from you guys what you maybe want us to do more of, what you want us to stop doing completely because <laughs> it's awful. Um, make sure you hit us up and follow us on Twitter. At uh, at the Schlockernot, please. Yes, I have a new mission statement for you. Uh, where is that one at? Let me cue it up. Here we go. Schlockernots are our friends from traveling with us to the edge of cinematic universe in a rocket ship filled with high cholesterol and man juice. <laughs> Who was that? That was Pete. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. <laughs> High cholesterol and man juice. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I really got to make a, a like a running clip of of all the the wonky blank and blanks we've gotten for the mission statement. Superstars, man, that was great. I'm glad they're sending it in in audio style now. So yeah, that was really get cool. A break from hearing our annoying voices. Yes, please. That's really fun for me to, to play those. I like that. So uh, hope, hope to hear more from Pete and we appreciate the support from our buddy Pete. He's in the Def- currently serving our country in the military. Uh, thank you for your service. Thanks for your service, blah, Pete. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> little inside <laughs> joke there for Pete. <laughs> All right. Um, I had a couple people to thank. Did you want to get anybody in first? I want to thank Aaron, Jeff, Katie uh, from the TriCash for the outro as usual. They're yes. awesome. We appreciate everything they do. Jeff and Christine for the uh, quiz off intro. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, Aaron from uh, for the Twitter memes. He's a ghost underscore tattoo on Instagram. Yep. And uh, that's it for me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yep, that was Pete in Virginia. That was beerzombies.com. Beer-zombies.com. And I believe his name is Chris. He said some cool things about the show, and we appreciate his support. Uh, I believe we already gave our contact info. I do have a new page set up. It's uh, we started a Patreon. That's patreon.com. Uh, oh, you haven't seen it? No, you said we. Me, Steve has a. Uh, <laughs> I have I a, nothing about it. I, I surprised everybody with a patreon.com account. <laughs> 
So that's okay. Uh, in case anybody you know haven't heard of it's Patreon, definitely important. Man. Yes, it's it's widely used in the podcast community, and it's a way for um, supporters of the show to to help give. Uh, DTNS Tom Merritt on DTNS says it best. Uh, he calls it a value for value model. And if you're getting value and entertainment out of the show, it's it's your way to give back some value to the show. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash steve52, or you can get there directly from steve52.com. There's a button that says support our show. And uh, it, what we're asking for, if it's possible, a buck a month, just just to keep the keep the lights on and keep the computers running and hopefully upgrade some equipment. We got some great ideas for uh, new soundboards, for some shock mounts for the mics to help improve the quality of the show. And I think that's the way we're, for now we're just going to go. Uh, if you don't have that buck, that's great. Just tell a friend about the show. There's other ways to support us besides monetarily. I understand how, how that works. If you can tell a couple friends about the show, we love doing it. We're trying to kick out more and more each week. Uh, we're having a great time doing it. And uh, I really appreciate all the input and uh, stuff. The user submitted stuff we've gotten already has just been out of sight. It's been stellar. I'm hoping for a ton more of it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for that. And thank you, Doc. You guys for, are the best, man. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Doc, for making this possible. Could not do it without thank you, buddy. Sir. Take care. All right. Let me play this. I got a new outro for us, too. Let me cue that awesome. up. Here we go. How could you do that to me? Definitely not schlock. Definitely not schlock. I thought it was a. <laughs> 100% not schlock. <laughs> how, how, how could you do that to me? <laughs> it's schlock. 100%. Nope, nope, nope. Worship the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Kill your parents. Yeah. Send us money. I'll give it one huge out of one big Jim Slade. I don't get it. I don't, did I? <sighs> I don't know. That was fucking garbage. <laughs>